welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So my guest is Ben Vergery. He is a guitarist, composer, and recording artist, and has been at Yale for 38 years. It's a real pleasure to have him here. Ben, how are you? Ah, oh, great, man. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here with you, and th- I'm honored to be on this uh, this program. And uh, yeah, really feels great. It's a beautiful day here. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been to the farmer's market. Um, you know, I've practiced a little bit. And now, you know, what you do after that, you hang out with Carl. That's what nice. you do. Nice. <laughs> yeah. like, sounds like a fun day. <laughs> that's, that's the thing, man. Yeah. So do, do you live in New Haven? No, I actually, I, I live in New York City. I, oh, you there, do? There okay. Is, yeah, no, there's a rule. Uh, if you marry a New Yorker, you pretty much have to move to New York. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, very few yeah. people know about there, that. Yeah, there, my, there could, could be worse places for a guitarist to be living, I think. Well, that's, that's, you know, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. We did a, a, uh, the New York Classical Guitar Society interviewed Dennis Koster, Frederick Kahn, and myself, and just talking about early days, our early days in yeah. New York, you know, so it's, it's in, you say that, but it's, it's incredible how New York City has shaped me as a musician. Right. And a person, you know, because I'm from uh, Danbury, Connecticut, which okay. is not that far. I'm pointing like that way, which it is that way. <laughs> you can see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't quite see it, but yeah. No, which is about an hour and a half north, whatever, um, from here. But I grew up kind of country, you know, like with woods behind me and streams. And it was a shock to move to New York City. Even though, of course, I had, I had been there, you know, many times as a kid because, you know, we, my family coming in. But but I was anything but a city person. And it and I still, after, you know, I don't know, 40 years, I don't know what I went, whatever, you know, of living here, I still I st- I guess, you know, I I don't know if I'm a city person still, you know. <laughs> uh, any any kind of birds that I hear in the morning, oh fantastic. Right. <laughs> um and we're going to get plenty of city sounds on this particular podcast, folks. So they were just doing okay. drilling in my building. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, no, and I really hope it doesn't start because I said, I'm going to have to call Carl. I don't know if oh we can do gosh. this. They're drilling like right in. Uh, anyway, we'll see. Let's not mention it. But yeah. That's okay. It'll be, it'll be yeah. all right, I'm so, sure. No, but I, so I, I, when I first got my job at, you know, at Yale, you know, everybody thinks I live there, but um, – it was, you know, just two, well, no, my first, four students, you know, one day of teaching. So it wasn't what it is now, which is right. a three-day deal. So I, you know, for the last, whatever, um, you know, 15, 20 years, I've been going, spending the night there, you know. Oh, okay. But, but, but my wife, you know, very active freelance musician, teacher, and her life was really here, you know. Right, um, right, right. So that's, that was the decision, you know. To, am, I, to, am I correct in remembering that she's a flutist? She is indeed, and she ah. is, and she's teaching, and she's a avid Suzuki flute teacher. Oh, and fantastic! She's yeah, she only has. I think she's kind of slacking off. She only has forty <laughs> students right now. You know, in, in addition to being on on two or three boards and taking care of our, our my mother in law lives with us, and and um, and playing freelance. 
Oh and um, yeah. yeah, I think she's kind of a. La- I married a very lazy. <laughs> flutists are like that, though. They're hardcore. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever gone to the National Flute Convention. They, ah, oh are you my kidding? Gosh. Of course. I know Those they make they intense. make our. It's like I I know I know man. Did you when you went? Did you ever yeah. go to the, the where they're selling the flutes and everybody's yeah you know yeah. playing piccolos and and yeah, I always I always tell my guitar students like you know you GFA we love them I yeah. you know adore <laughs> but you want to see some numbers go to a flute convention. oh yeah and and, and the, the levels of organization and and uh, just it's amazing yeah. Oh, so yeah, my wife is going to play. My wife's going to play at the next one this summer. And um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I go, but, but no, we, 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 um, you know, just to stay with, with Rhea, Rhea Schmidt is her name. And, you know, we've been married, I don't know, 42 years or something. And, um, and we, we started off as a duo like that. Our, our, you know, I really didn't think, um, of being a soloist. I, right. I, I thought oh, I'm going to be a duo. And the reason was because of the Assads. We had seen the Assads. Sure. Well, we met in college and we were already playing duos in college prior to the Assads. But when the Assads came, you know, I, they, I literally saw them a few hours after they arrived here in New York. It's <laughs> like, this is New York lore folks, you know? Yeah. But yeah. seriously, because I lived, we lived on uh, 72nd street and, my our apartment was uh, three floors up from Thomas Humphrey, the great guitar maker. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and Thomas Tom was like an older brother of mine, became yeah. like kind of an older brother. And in fact, he got us that you know coveted apartment on Seventy Second Street. Amazing. And so I spent more time at Tom's than I did anywhere else. <laughs> and um, you know, and he was making guitars yeah. in his apartment. Anyway, so he calls me up and he says, "You got to come down here, man. You got to hear these guys." And you know, that's oh three floors God. down to hear the assignment. So I go down into Thompson, there's Sergio and Odair, <laughs> and they start playing, and you know, my head exploded. Oh, I had yeah. never seen a duo. Yeah, it's insane. Like, you're right? I, yeah. We had never seen anything like this, yeah. and uh, never mind playing from memory. Right. And then I think the next day or the day after, they played their debut, their New York debut oh, at the nice. 92nd Street Y. And the rest is history, and that right. was 70. Eight, maybe I don't know. And, oh wow! They totally seventy, maybe seventy nine. I had no idea that they were here that 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 early. Wow. Yeah. See, this is why we're. This is How old now. They were. They were really young then. Yeah, they were. They were uh, five years old, and I was three. I think it's like <laughs> something like that. Yeah, something like. That. Yeah, man, we were like young, young dudes. I mean, they they were. I mean, um, but but what happened is that Rie and I uh, went to the concert, of course. Yeah. And we wanted to be them, and we did our our debut was it, you know in those days the the, the whole kind of pa- rite of passage was to do a New York right. debut like your your right. career was about uh, like your teacher the great John Holmquist it was like yep. you you had to get somehow a debut in New York Everybody meaning that it, yeah. you play in a small hall either yep. what we then called Carnegie Recital we played a place called Merkin Hall which is now uh-huh. Abraham Goodman's house and um, so. The Assads played on the Y series, which I think was uh, sponsored by Augustine. Then I think okay. um, anyway, um, and it was a, it was a it was a series that featured South American um, guitarists sure. or, or programs in right, you know right, specific. Right, right. Anyway, so we did our debut, which was um, sponsored by the Didarios, and the Didarios. Okay. We were like one of their first, not the very first, but one of their first, um, you know 
what we say, forays into sponsoring young artists because they were a very young string company. And when we saw the Assads, we said, we're going to play from memory. And so we did our first, our debut concert here. I I was saying that what you do is... You know, you played your debut concert, you hoped for a review in the Times, and right. then you tried, you Because that was, that was, you know, the YouTube, it was mm-hmm. the um, Instagram of the time, you know? And right. then if people would read those reviews and live and die by them, you know? And with the Assads, they, they literally got this rave review, and that was it. The rest is history, you know? And, and we, we got a very nice review as well. Um, and went on to do two records and, and play it, but little by little, um, I found people seemed to want me to play solo. So, uh, you know, not so, not that the duo didn't play, right. but, you know, guitar societies and things weren't as open as they are now. The flute and guitar was still kind of, you know, in a way exotic for them, you know, not, not entirely, but it was a stretch. You know? yeah, um, so, um, I mean, that's, that's how I perceive it anyway. People might disagree, but that's our experience. But, but we went on to play, you know, several concerts, but I started to develop, as a soloist also because I came out with a record here. I'll show you. Hold it. This is the beauty of, of, <laughs> of doing podcasts. Uh, let me, let me, it's got to be here. Um, why, why do I not see it? Um, wow. Where is it? Um, that's strange. <laughs> Um, you must anyway, have sold them all. My, my first recording, <laughs> you won't waste too much time. It was my first recording, but it was on cassette. Oh and my I gosh, do, okay. I do have it. I just don't know where, uh, anyway, where it is. It should be right staring at me. Yeah, so I came up with this cassette of Bach. Oh, Bach. <laughs> um, but I still don't see it. I have our first recording, which is funny. Wow. But my first cassette of... Um, of the music of Bach, of the second violin sonata and um, the sixth cello suite. And that was okay. on a, a label called Sine Qua Non. And then, um, and then later, Rhea and I came out with our first cassette right here, because oh cassettes were the thing <laughs> called uh, Reverie, French Music for Flute and Guitar, Schmidt-Verdery Guitar Duo. I mean, uh, Schmidt-Verdery Duo. And um, yeah, I mean, God, I haven't seen this in ages. So, um, so yeah, so that. Do you have a cassette yeah. player still? <laughs> no. Isn't that no, a funny I got, thing? Yeah. And, and, no, that's really it's funny. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I have one in my car. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't. Um, but anyway, that's a good question. And, and and does this even play, right? I mean, like, you know, like, uh, does this... But this yeah, no, uh, yeah, uh, this, this, this was, um, yeah, a joy to make. And um, uh, what I remember about this was we recorded in a church and we started recording at like five in the afternoon. And right. the flute, um, you know... Birds think it's the bird. And so they all congregated oh, around. That's, and we that's quit. fantastic, though. That's we couldn't beautiful. start the recording because every time she'd play, the birds would go nuts. And finally, we just, and it got, you know, so we waited an hour. And nope. I mean, and it, it just dark, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So we, 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 we finally said, look, we got to get on with the show here. And we're just going to record with the birds, you know. Um, 
Yeah. So so that's that's a little bit of of history. And like I said, then I went on uh, the Bach record was um, kind of a um, a breakthrough for me, you know, um, uh, and I'm happy to say and that that helped my, you know, uh, solo career, you know. Sure, sure. And, th and that was all because I was studying really with a harpsichordist named Anthony Newman. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I knew that about you. And yeah, Anthony yeah. Newman was, um, you know, a real mentor. I had real, you know, mentors and he, w he was one of them. And, and how did you, um, how did you set that up? What was, I mean, I, I've talked to a number of people recently actually who, who, who've studied with non-guitarists and they specifically for different reasons went to find these people to study with. And, and so how did that happen for you? Did, did you know him or did, did you seek him out? like on purpose for a specific reason? How did that all go? That's another, do you have another two hours? <laughs> no, no uh, simply, actually, here's the real thing. My dad was a minister. Okay. And also a headmaster of a school called the Worcester School in Danbury, Connecticut. Okay. Um, and at the Worcester School, there was a great organ. Um, and, you know, he was, we'd go to church and, and he, the, the organist, then, then the school, the Worcester School, hired an, an organist, and the organist they hired was Anthony Newman, who's Tony oh, to us. My God, his wife. It was his wife, who, by the way, Tony married the competition. Her name is Mary Jane. Mary Jane was a ferociously great player, <laughs> and so Tony at that time was just becoming super fit. Now he's he's another example like Desaad, who played a solo recital. I think he said that he carried his harpsichord into Carnegie Recital Hall, <laughs> literally, and, yeah. and, you know, played this concert and got a rave review, and then, then yeah. he had this record contract from Columbia immediately. Wow. So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what the, what, again, what our trajectory was for younger people. Like, we sure. would play this thing, get a review, then try to get a record company, try right. to get management, and et cetera, and play concerts, you know? Yeah. And um, so Tony's wife got this job at the Worcester School, and we became friends, and then I went Amazing. to hear Tony Newman play um, a concert at Avery Fisher Hall, where he amplified the harpsichord. Ooh, you know what? Um, yes, he and Whoa. that. And, and I was a really hardcore rocker, yeah. but at the end of my uh, sort of the last year of high school, I was kind of doing more improvising, and now now the the world was really turning into fusion jazz, and I, mm -hmm. I remember hearing Chick Corea. The original Return to Forever with yeah. Bill Connors. Oh my gosh. And yeah. um, in, in a place is called Max's Kansas City, and there were four people in the audience. It was a late show. And my guitar teacher at the time, <laughs> who was a jazz player, drove me in from Danbury to, to you know, I was, I was, uh, wow. Yeah, you know, I was a first year, uh, I was a senior, a senior in high school, I think, um, or a junior. One of the, uh, and, and, you know, there was nobody in the clubs. It was, it was um, Stanley Clark on bass and, um, uh, Steve Gadd drums and oh Bill Connors and Chick Corea. Oh that was the original term Return to Forever. <laughs> um, and by the way, you know, when I, uh, another funny thing, I never heard the Aaron West concerto until I heard Chick. That was the, that was the introduction. I'm not going to play the concerto. And, and then many, many years later, I was asked to play the Aaron West concerto in my hometown to, um, to as the inaugural concert for a thing called the Ives, the Charles Ives Center, because we okay. went to Charles Ives mm -hmm. from Danbury. That's right. Yeah, Redding. yeah, yeah. He lived in Reading, but so so there's festival. They said, well, they'll bring the home. By that time, I you know I was somewhat known, and they said, well, we'll bring Ben 
back and he'll play the Aaron West concerto. And standing in the wings as I'm, when I come off, I look and it's Chick Corea. He was no. following me. Yes. Oh and so gosh. I went up to Chick and I said, you know, by the way, the first time I ever heard that was you. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a thing. So, uh, yeah, no, no. Life is, you know what? I mean, one thing about, you know, about the guitar, and I'm sure you, you would agree with this in your life because we would be that nice chat before. If you stick with it, you don't know where it's going to take you. Yeah, you know, you, right. you don't know, not not just in terms of meeting people, right. but in terms of your own dis discovery about who you are. Because, I mean, when you play an instrument really seriously, whatever the music is, yeah. you're going to learn something about yourself and, and, of course, about other people. In your yeah, case, yeah. you've become a scholar of Irish music, right? I mean, <laughs> how would you know... Right. right, and that was and, it was completely and, accidental. Yeah, like well, I mean, yeah, I, mean like, I think of it as I, accidental. I don't know if that's the, that's probably not not the right word. Maybe maybe more serendipitous. Well, I mean, not, well, you could argue like, nothing is right. I mean, but <laughs> but um, but in my case, you know, with Irish music, it was like I was saying, my dear friend Bill Coulter, and we did our first uh, record together. Bill just came to one of my concerts, and we became uh, really good friends, um, and. Uh, I just saw this. Hold on one second. Uh, <laughs> because I got I got to show this to you. Uh, oh come on! I'm having. Um, oh here it is. So Bill and I did our first record, and and you know we got Caroline on here and all these Irish tunes, and Bill was the one that introduced me to yeah. to the beauty of of Irish music. And this is this is the cover. I don't know if you people can see it, and we thought it was the worst cover ever and, and, and when it's a long story why but like we still laugh about it it's like what the hell it looks like we're in an about an outhouse like right, oh right, 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 right. come on out boys and i took more we took more heat for this album cover i mean jim Dario still talk yes won't, won't oh, let me funny. you know so yeah, um, and and uh, this later became a CD, but this is the Bach record that I was talking sure. about. Sure. Yes. I, I have the. I'm that, very that irritated. Infamous picture. Yeah. 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 So I I, I have the. I don't. But you know, this really. I'll find this cassette somewhere. <laughs> um, anyway, so. Um, but yeah, where 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 was it? So back to the, you said the Anthony Newman, your original yeah. question, and so anyway, so it was. I went to. Um, Lincoln Center, and he played the Italian concerto, uh, um, the first book of the Well-Tempered, and the Chromatic Fantasy and Fugue. Now, I didn't, just, don't just get tiny, me wrong. a tiny, little program. <laughs> Why don't you give a little tummy? Like, yeah. Right? So, little tie, well said. And But, you know, not that I knew that music, because I really didn't, but it was in the summer and of my senior year. Of high school. And like I said, at that time, I was really listening to, you know, Chick Corea weather report was gigantic yeah. in my life. Um, obviously, Miles had, was just bitches brewed. Come out. So that whole, you know, John McLaughlin, of course, and Larry Coriel, yeah, I loved sure. him. And that was, you know, the guitar, you know, brain, of course, you know, and, and having been in bands with a dear yeah. friend of mine who we later went on to make, Craig Payton, we went on to make, we'll talk about that later, three records, new age records. But, but, you know, electric playing and improvised music, and I was already kind of writing in my little way. I couldn't, I could barely read music. But when I went to that concert of Anthony Newman, 
here was this young guy playing Bach, and I had heard tons of Bach in church, you know, okay, and always sure. loved it. I mean, one thing about Episcopalian, my father's Episcopal minister, I mean, they got some great hymns, man. You can't deny it. And I think that my singing in church, not, not that I, I wasn't in a choir or anything, but just, just hearing those melodies yeah. mm -hmm. really influenced me. I mean, um, you know, you don't, you don't realize it how much until yeah. late, much, I, I didn't until much later in life. Interesting. And, and I still get teary eyed, you know, when I hear, you know, Oh God, our help in ages. Yeah. I mean, it's a great melody, man. I mean, yeah, like, you absolutely. know, so, um, so, um, so when I heard that concert, Anthony Newman, it was, you know, one of those life altering experiences because here was this young guy yeah. and the harpsichord was on fire right yeah. now. It wasn't guitar, but it was, it was so sure. brilliantly played. And, and I said, I want to play Bach. Huh. I want to play Bach and the guitar. Yeah. I want to be like him. And that's when I literally idolized Tony, you know, like I did, I even tried to, do anything, whatever he did, you know, he, he, was a, he was a Zen Buddhist. So that actually, he's the one who introduced me to Buddhism. And that's Amazing. why I went into Zen oh my gosh. and really became a very serious Zen student. Now I'm, I practice Tibetan Buddhism, but all through Tony. So he then was teaching at SUNY Purchase. And that's where I, when you ask about studying, him, yeah. then I became, you know, I got into Purchase, which was like, a miracle because I they only they had no other guitarist at the time. Right. See, right. this is like so was, hard. Was there even a guitar teacher on faculty? No, no. Oh, the thing about okay. SUNY that was so actually kind of cool was that it. So, so I'll back up. So, what happened was here's Tony Newman says, I got to play classical guitar, and um, I remember being at Dartmouth. Then later, my girlfriend was. Uh, at Dartmouth, my girlfriend at the time was at Dartmouth in, in some summer program. I went there and I met this guy and I don't know who he was, but he was a lute player and he was so nice. And by that time I had already bought a Julian, I think I have it in the next room, Julian Bream uh, edition of a prelude that I bought in a music store. And I was picking with, you know, but like I could barely read to it. guitar? I had a, st a steel string. Okay. Right. Uh, a Gibson uh, J J one sixty like okay. John Lennon played oh my in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so bumpy da di da di. And then so I do this for this guy, and this guy said, "Look, man, he was soon. I don't know his name, and I don't know where the guy is." He said, "You really should buy a classical guitar, and you know the pick. It's cool. I mean, great what you do. Anyway, so then I went back to my local music store, the guy who took me to Chicory, and I said, hey, "I really want to study classical guitar," and he said. Um, well, here, so you so he stole me this guitar, which I gave to somebody, right? Actually, <laughs> Darius Brubeck's wife at the time. Um, I gave it there, I was teaching her, and I had another guitar. Now, and you know, you know, now I, you know, it just you, I wish I could have had that guitar, but <laughs> not that it was great, it was actually sure. called a Hauser. It was oh like this gosh. fake, yeah, no, no, but of course it wasn't, but it was like a fake. And yeah. I never forget when I went to um, do my first audition at Hart School of Music, the guy at the time said, you know, by the way, this is not a real house. What's this house right didn't here? Know, what he didn't know is I didn't even know what a real houser was. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, what okay. do I know, right? Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, so then my local music store said, well, I can't teach you classical because I'm a jazz player, but, you know, there's this guy, Eric Mandragera. Okay. Rick Mandragera was, came back to his hometown. He had been studying with, Tomas or was, he was okay. Segovia's oh. nephew and he's now in Texas wow. and Rick 
gave me like four lessons and then he got a residency in North Carolina. And you know, you can imagine I was so into this, right? And do you know the first piece he gave me was because I I couldn't really read, but I I mean very slowly, right? Yeah. Um but and he could see that I'd done a lot of lead guitar playing. So my left hand was somewhat developed, but my right hand was not at all. So he gave me Brower's Etude Six. Now, uh, this is 1975. It was published knows, yet. Yeah. Not even, nobody knows who Leo Brower is, right? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. That's like oh nobody. Gosh. And so, but he <laughs> had been in Europe. He had been in Europe, so he knew. Amazing. So I learned this piece. And then what happened was um, that uh, he had to go. And I'm going, like, man, what am I going to do? So I call Anthony Newman wife and she says well tony says there's this guy at suny purchase named phil defremery who teaches at suny purchase and phil would who but he lived phil lived in massachusetts and he okay. would drive oh, God. he'd have to get off the highway in danbury <laughs> and he would drive up to my house and give me lessons and he wow. saved my life phil saved my life he would give me here's the thing though he, he would give me like i don't think any lesson was less than two hours right mostly they were four hours yeah yeah and he was that kind of generous guy. Now he remains one of my close friends. Amazing. And, you know, but the thing, Phil was not a total idiot because my mother was in, a, a, in the region. She was a legendary chef cook, okay. right? Now she, she did, <laughs> you know, because she was the wife of my father, headmaster. And yeah. we, my life was just dinner party after dinner party, right? And <laughs> she was this insane cook, insane. And, and people would die to, to you know, Gosh. To, to eat at the house, right? So Phil would always get this meal, man. Okay, <laughs> leftovers, you know. Worth the trip, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah. So that, that so then, what a thing. then Phil, after, I so he actually, you know, does everything. He kills himself and he gets me prepared for an audition. And I do an audition. I played um, Frederica Mompou's um, the slow movement, um, uh-huh. dee, but, um, and, uh, recitative. Okay. And okay. then Fernando Soros, a two twelve, and a little Dowland, right? So he gave me three different periods. Sure. I don't think there's any Bach in there. And, um, and Phil at that time was really, you know, he, he was an Aspen. He, he was Oscar Gillia's assistant. Okay. Okay. And he had already in master classes, he had taught Sharon Isbin and Elliot yeah. Fisk, who later became a great friend and is a great friend. And, and so he was really, but I was like this guy in Danbury who just only knew Prague rock. Yeah. You know, that was insane. <laughs> I mean, of course, Jimmy and the, you know, Beatles, of course, yeah. um, Jimmy was, you know, but, but, but then later in my high school, by the time I got the classical guitar, it was really uh, prog rock and 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 fusion you know jazz yeah, sure um uh so i didn't know anything from classical guitar <laughs> you know really and we didn't have you know that's the thing when you ask right. well how many students were there well the two students that were at suny that when when uh, phil was there yeah. they left they left and so now the head of suny i got on the phone with him and begged him so he said well we're really not thinking of having guitar but because Tony was such a big deal at SUNY, yeah. he kind of said, you got to take this kid. Wow. And 
you know, but but it was really on the facts. I could still hear the dean's voice. The guy named was Hammond, um, and I could still hear him saying, you know, I don't know if we should take it. it's kind of a blah, 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 blah. and what about chamber music and and so like I pleaded with him and Tony put in a good word and he, and then he accepted me. So I was the only guitarist at Purchase I think for at least one year, maybe two years. Okay. But the thing about Purchase that was cool was they didn't. You could study with whomever you wanted. A lot okay. of that was that was a big deal. Yeah. So most because of now, the proximity, really shouldn't it be like that anyway. You know, it's kind of well. This, no, but here's the know. thing: like, not if you're in the middle. If you're, you know, depending what you see, we were close to New York. So the, yeah. my wife, right. for example, would come into New York and study with her teacher, John Woomer, who was right. the first flutist of the whatever that uh, New York Philharmonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, anyway. Whatever that group is, and um, so you might have uh, heard of them. yeah, uh, and so then, and I think at that time he wasn't, but but he was prior. Yeah. Anyway, but he had put out several flute books, etc. So then I panicked because Phil said, "Look, I can't. Um, I, I'm sorry to say, I can't. I love you and all this, but I can't travel this far for one student. It's just not." Yeah financially worth it for me because he was living up in Massachusetts near uh, Amherst in South Hadley, Massachusetts. And he was teaching in the five college area. He was teaching all these people. And so then, you know how it is at that age, you're crushed. Like our first right. writ Mandragora leaves and now Phil leaves. And it's, oh my God. And <laughs> I wrote somebody who suggests that might've been Phil knew Michael Lorimer. And I think he, he had me write Michael Lorimer or maybe, and Michael Lorimer had me write some guy named Stanley his name is escaping me. And that guy said, you know, there's this guy, Frederick Hand. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I yeah. called Fred up. And he was living in New York I, at the time, right? He's living yeah. right up on 88th yeah. Street. I'm pointing because I, I love him, you know, <laughs> down. No, no, 99th, excuse me, 99th. He lived on 99th. And I still remember playing for Fred the very first time. Oh my gosh. And he said, you know, Fred was this young, studied with Breen, yeah. hip, yeah. New York musician doing an array of different things, you know, yeah. a composer. And uh, I think I played, by that time, I might have learned, yeah, because it was, yeah, I learned etude. I, I had some other pieces by then, but I, I think I played maybe some Bach and maybe etude one. Okay. And I think he said something like, yeah, well, I don't know about your fingering there, but, you know, yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I can teach you. So there it is. Now, yeah. fast forward 48 years or whatever that is, <laughs> Fred is now writing me a piece. Uh -huh. And I, where I've played a lot of Fred's music, he's sure. never written anything specific for me. So he, at, at, as we speak, he's writing me a piece. So this is, you know, the beauty of the journey of music, you know, yeah. you, you're always on somebody else's shoulders, sure, right? You're, sure. you know, without, without all the people I mentioned, including the people I didn't know, including Chick yeah. Corea or Miles Davis or Jimmy particularly. Mm. Um, I mean, if you were to tell me that one of the things I, people would know me for was that I played Jimi Hendrix. Right. Yeah. Yeah. On a classical guitarist. <laughs> I, if you had told me that in high school, say, guess what, man? Here's the deal. You're going to leave electric guitar. You're going to play classical guitar, and you are going to play Jimmy. And I would say, like, yeah, 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 sure. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, that thing you could have never of, guessed that. Yeah, yeah. No, and I. But that brings us to the thing about the classical guitar. Um, is that if you think of our most famous pieces? Yeah. Okay. If you had to say the top five most famous guitar pieces, that's always a fun question. Right. But one of them would be Astorius, right? Right. Yeah. Piano music. I mean, Recuerdos, <laughs> say that again? Piano music. <laughs> yeah. So I say that because arrangements have been such a big part of my life and yeah. yours. Like, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I just showed you the bill, this bill record of ours, it's all arrangements, you know? And that was part of the... Um, it's really fun to do arrangements um, on our own, right? But it's yeah. it's also groovy to do arrangements with somebody else. Like Bill oh, and yeah. I really yeah. had fun. Yeah. And, and um, so it's extraordinary that I think the classical guitar, you know, what, what drew me to it was, I said Bach, of course, but it was without really knowing it that what I always said was, well, I want to sound, I want my classical guitar like, to sound like Jimmy or Jeff Beck. Like I yeah. want... I want it to sound electric. Right. And I think that's what's so unique huh. about it is that these colors and it can be a kind of chameleon. Mm -hmm. And you know little it, it, you know that so I think as much and I still love electric and I love steel string um but I think at the end there's something about the classical guitar that is more still mysterious to me even after all these pieces I've written and 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 it sometimes can really come out in an arrangement. Yeah. Like the last arrangement, um, well, I just recently did arrangements of Buffy St. Marie. Okay. Wow. Um, two, two Buffy St. Marie songs, um, of songs that he she wrote later in her life. Okay. And they're really different than any of my other arrangements. Yeah. Um, she, she developed this thing in her 70s, this style of music she calls powwow rock. And I wow. urge anybody, anybody that's into rock, should hear these and she wrote okay. she has an album called medicine something medicine songs or something and she wrote a song called spirit of the wind you got to run with another great um native american um tanya taka i think okay and then so i i did that song employing a lot of percussion i'm going to make a video of it soon and then I did a song of hers from this little earlier, um, you know, around 215, 217, a song of hers called, um, um, well, it's, it's a Native American word that I'll pronounce wrong, but the, the <laughs> translation is, I love you, baby. Okay. And both of these have kind of chants, you know, like they have these four, four to eight bar phrases okay. that are like chants. And when you see her do Spirit of the Wind with a full on rock band, and, you know, singing at the top of her, these, ch I, 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 it's really moving. It's Amazing. like, oh my God. So when yeah. I saw, because I read her book, I read, see, I heard this interview with her on NPR with Terry Gross. Okay. And she was talking about her biography that this woman had written, whose name, uh, and I, I was like, wow, Buffy St. Marie, I, re I remember, I wasn't a dire friend, but of course I knew Universal Soldier, sure. Multiple Donovan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember that she had this crazy vibrato, which frankly I didn't dig. You know, and but but like, and she says that in her book. She said, "I know a lot." But then, so I got so she's such a powerful woman. It has done yeah. so much in her life for, 
you know, indigenous people and, and causes and she's just like, I got, I said, this person is so hip. I got to get this yeah. book. And so I got the book. Actually, my sister-in-law had it and said, Oh, I had it autographed. <laughs> and like, so, you know, that's again, these are, so then I said, man, I got to play her music, you know, yeah. cause I was going to go to play in Ottawa. I just played my first concert post pandemic, you know, in two years. And I'm saying, well, she had been in Ottawa and she's, she's Canadian American, yeah. you know, and um, anyway, I won't go on so on about Buffy St. Marie, but, but it's a, these arrangements. And now, you know, I'm playing her music. Now, these, these arrangements are a little different than the Hendrix and Buffy sure. and the Prince right. that I've done. Those are kind of, I, I write all the parts out and then I kind of make a clutch because you're not singing. Right. I'm, not, I'm not, you know, you, so you have to decide yeah. right. you have to what you want to say yeah. with it. Made to, I, there's got to be something that draws me that sounds great on a classical guitar. Yeah. You know, like, um, I mean, I have my guitar here now. Uh, can you see me? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I don't have a, I just broke my nail, so I have no way. <laughs> well, Aguado would be proud, though. Right? I mean, yeah. that sounds incredible on a classical yeah, guitar. Yeah, it does. By the way, I'm now playing standing up all the time. All the time. All with the, with the, with the, with the tripod. Yeah. This is like a thing called, uh, what's it called? The guitar. It's made by, um, K and M and it's okay. called, um, guitar performer stand. Wow. Catchy title. For yeah. guitar. I bought it from Sweetwater. I could go on and on about it. I just got it. This is brand new, but I think, I think this is what I'm going to do. I've been practicing yeah. standing up. Oh my God. And yeah, there are, there are issues with it. It's not like, oh yeah, that's perfect. And you know, sure. no, there, there's a learning curve, but wow. What it does to my shoulders, what it does yeah. to my left hand, my right hand. If anything, I think people should at least have it as yeah. a alternative to sitting down all the time. I, Cause I you know, when I'm sitting I down, I just broke guitar standing a lot. The end oh, of great. It. Yeah. yeah. All the Baroque. Yeah. Good. For, oh, so you play Baroque guitar. Oh, Ooh, yeah. That's the hippest. I have recorded the entirety of Bartolotti's 1640 book. I'll send you a copy. Dude, you have to send it to me. <laughs> I will. Baroque yeah. guitar may be my next yeah. thing. I it's, love it's, Baroque It's a deep well. It's amazing. Oh, it's and nobody knows well. anything about it. It drives me nuts how ignorant people are of the rest of A student of mine was just... Of it, our it, yeah, I mean, it's funny that Gaspar Sanz, you know, was this... The mainstay, right? Of his when I was coming up, just for a sense. And then when you hear those Campanella runs, it's like classical guitar. I mean, it's great and classical guitar, but yeah. oh, it's a, it's not even the same piece. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. Oh God, that yeah, I got it. I oh God, it's like you say, it's a deep well. <laughs> I, I just don't. But anyway, back to arrangements. So like, usually there's got to be something like the Hendrix or or sure. with Prince. You know, if I mean, I just could not do. How can you not want to play like Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah. I mean, so, um, but with Buffy, there it, it wasn't a guitar thing. It was the chant. It was the melody. It yeah. was so pretty and, and, and forceful and very emotional that I said, okay, that's what I'm working with. The other arrangement that I did a couple, a few years ago is a very different type of arrangement where I arranged Leonard Bernstein's clarinet sonata oh, for wow. strings string quartet and guitar wow. and that is going to be cool. a record oh i'm dying for you to hear it um so i i have performed it with a group at yale 
the students. Okay. And um, this summer, I'm going to do a, a recording with the Ulysses Quartet. Okay. And that will be one of the pieces we're going to record okay. along with Bryce Desner's fantastic uh, quintet that he wrote for me. Incredible piece oh my god uh which i i have premiered and we just because of covid we haven't got around to it so that's that's a project but the bernstein arrangement that's a different that's that's like literally playing the notes there's see with the hendrix or the buffy or the prince or neil young uh arrangements i've done among I'm, i'm missing some but um uh there's composition involved you know there's kind of you're you're gonna I'm going to add things um, according, like with the same language, but whereas the bird side, that's more what we were originally saying about Asturias. That's like the notes. Transcription. Although, although I learned a lot about clarinet and a lot about the guitar, (laughs) you know, I mean, there's so much that I thought would work, but that's, that's a little composition too, because there was no way that I could just lift the clarinet part and put it on the guitar. I had to play some accompaniment that the piano did and, yeah. and move things around. And a lot of times when, you know, the clarinet is, is loud, first right. of all, and oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, bah, 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 and I'm going like <laughs> on the guitar. Going, da, 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 da. <laughs> and meanwhile, the clarinet, so it's like, Ooh, how many, so that, that was a great journey in, in discovering other aspects of the guitar. Like what does the guitar do wonderfully? It, it right. plays short notes wonderfully, which yep. is one of the reasons I was attracted to the Bernstein besides loving Leonard Bernstein, um, you know, and, and always being frustrated that we never had a piece of his. Right. And this, I really, I, I'm everybody, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say when you hear it, it's like, oh my God, even though he wrote it really young, he wrote it before West Side Story, right. but it's, you know, immediately, oh my God, yeah. that's Leonard Bernstein. And it's, and it's very beloved, of course, by clarinetists. And also yeah. the, the piano part is he was a, Virtuoso piano. Beast, yeah. So beast, yeah. So the part is is really substantial. So I couldn't believe it when I started the journey of arranging this. I just because it's not really in a key, so I didn't have to worry about okay. that, you know. And but yet there's this whole passage in the second movement that's in E minor on the on the upper register, and I said, Oh my god, it almost sounds like piece. the Lord. It's like, yeah, there's like there's like eight bars there that I'm accompanying, you know, and that and I throw I throw that melody to the viola. And when I wanted to sustain, I just, I would take the first, because the nice thing about the quartet was there were a lot of voices to go around. So a lot of times the violin is going to double with me in those passages where I have to be super loud. So it becomes like supportive color. Yeah. 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 You know, or, or I'm, I'm supporting that. So that's a different, you know, and that's, that's why I really, I, I don't know. I mean, look, all instruments do arrangements. Of course, piano, you hear arrangements in Busoni, for example, uh, the Chacon, but, 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 and, 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 you know, pictures at an exhibition, et cetera. But I think our instrument is, it's a, it's a huge part of our repertoire. Sure. Sure. I mean, just Bach alone, look at, look at what uh, people are doing with Bach or, you know, my dear friend, Elliot Fisk has a new recording of, of, uh, his take on the cello suites, which is, you know, staggering, you know, yeah. I mean, um, 
I, I have to ask him if he if he I consider an arrangement. You know, it's funny this 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 whole <laughs> oh, yeah, transcription. Absolutely, yeah. No, those are, those, those are arrangements. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a difference, but but it's semantics, you yeah. know. So, <laughs> but way back to your question, back 20 minutes ago. Uh, so Love it was it. at SUNY SUNY Purchase that that I then studied with Anthony. Newman. Okay. And then he really influenced how I played Bach. Yeah. And he listened to everything I did, and, and as well as his wife, you know. Um, sure. And that was something that I cherished. And then later, about two years late, my my roommate in college was a guy named Chris Lewis, a great pianist. And um, I just thought of a funny story. Uh, <laughs> so Chris would listen to me practice. Okay. And he would just stand over my shoulder. He's not, he's the most cool guy, not, not, not egotistical. Or, he would say, you know, he would say, like, what if you made a diminuendo there? And I go, yeah. damn, that's a great idea. So he would do this enough. Yeah, yeah. I think I was playing Pavon, uh, Ravel's Pavon for an enfant des fonds. Yeah. You know, so real. Sure. And he was listening, he said, you know, he's giving me these suggestions. And I said, damn, you know, what is it about you? It's like, you have all these great ICs. I keep telling you, you should play for my teacher, Seymour Burst. <laughs> and so finally, I said, okay. And yeah. I called Seymour Bernstein up and I said, will you listen to me play as well? Before Chris has spoken of <laughs> you. And, and I played him um, Regondi, Introduction and Capri. Oh my gosh. Session, right? Okay. That in those days I was playing, I played it. Yeah before it was a hit yeah. and um, <laughs> I played it and nobody played it. Without me, there'd be no Ray Gundy, damn it. Uh, you and Eddie Murphy says, Eddie Murphy did um, Gumby, damn it. Oh. <laughs> I just, I still cry every time. Oh, I'm Gumby, hilarious. damn it, I'm Ray Gundy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so I play this for Seymour and I'll never forget he said, it's not a good piece. Oh my gosh. In fact, it's a terrible piece. Wow. But, but we'll make it better. <laughs> and he proceeds, you know, because this is a pianist. I mean, these guys, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. when Great. after studying with, with Tony, who really didn't like guitar music, and, and uh, then Seymour, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just, yeah. just, it's a different, I mean, right. you know. Yeah, we, and we hold Regondi up it. like, you know, this is the... the yeah, the no, I'm not saying I, I, I don't guitar, you know, agree you know. with it. I mean, yeah. it makes me laugh. I mean, uh, but then a journey began with Seymour that I couldn't have possibly oh, wow. imagined. I mean, he's yeah. still uh, my dear friend. I, I studied with him right up until now he's 98. Um, but I, I played for him two years before the pandemic. Oh, I just, wow. I played for him regularly. And he completely changed my life. Amazing. But I played through him as a professional, like yeah. right straight up. I'm not, I've just played them. The last piece I played, I think was the Nocturnal. Wow. Um, and then he wrote me a beautiful piece, which you, which is published and you can see it on YouTube called Searching for Corral because okay. he was like 92 or something. And I, I said, Seymour, you know, you never written me a piece. <laughs> and, and he said, all right. I will write <laughs> because at that time, I mean, he found composing really difficult, you know, he yeah. just, and he said, I'm going to take, um, he loved the, the, he loved Britain's nocturnal. And, um, 
He said, okay, I'm going to borrow from Britain and I'm going to make a piece that's going to, you're going to see. And it ends with the St. Matthew Passion, you know, uh -huh. um, with that, -da 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 uh -huh. which Bach stole, we all know from right. Paul Simon. Um, <laughs> I know it's so weird that people don't know that. They're like, without Paul, <laughs> he traveled without Paul, time. Like, know Bach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird that I, the historians get it wrong. I don't see, I, I don't never see, anyway. <laughs> I digress. Um, so Seymour just, you know, studying with Seymour, I think it's so powerful when you hear, let's take Faya's homenaje, when you hear right. a pianist go, you know, when you hear them play a phrase, your ears explode, like your head. Right. It's just yeah, a very, how did they do that? Yeah. 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 Or it's just, just to hear it on a different instrument, yeah. you know, it was really uh, enlightening. So I really, um, Always tell my students, like, yeah, but play for your piano. Have them play a few bars That's of great. whatever the music, you know. Yeah. And and when Seymour says, you know, he he just he would teach me how to phrase, like I know, you know, in a, in a way that that you know, yes, in a, in, a, in a kind of in his manner, nineteen seventy, but right. so many things, just even musical things about uh, so many musical things about dynamics, particularly. He's the one that taught me the power of playing pianissimo. Like, yeah. Really, I, I have to people... tell you, I I still to this day I saw you play in Akron in maybe like ninety two, ninety three, and and one of the, and I, I you you played the Hendrix as an encore. I remember that. I don't remember what, anything else was on the program. You played some electric guitar pieces that you had just written on wow. electric guitar. Wow! But, but well, yeah, the, I, uh, yeah. Go ahead. The thing that I remember about that concert is I had never heard anybody play and not not overall but like your quiet stuff was really quiet but it was yeah. absolutely crystal clear and i thought I've, I've never heard anybody do that and 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 t at the time like i i thought it was like to me it was impressive as like Uh, it took a lot of courage, I guess I would say, you know, to, to be able to, to, yeah. to be comfortable playing that quietly and, and be fine with it. And, and, and I couldn't figure it out because it was in a big hall and I was like, how can he play that quietly yet? I can still hear it. How is that possible? Oh, that's so nice to hear. You know? He said, that's all Seymour. Yeah. He would just Amazing. say, let, let, let the people, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I mean, it's great to and, hear and, that. And I want to be clear that I wasn't saying you had a little tiny sound. That was not No, 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 I, I understand. Like, I understand. You know, I mean, you're, you're, the low end of your dynamic range was like really, like, I, and I, I probably, I don't think I've ever heard anybody play like that. And it's just one of those things that when I think of you, like that, if, if, if people are talking about Ben Vergery, that's, I, I would say, yeah, I heard him play in 92. And it, I I'm 92. Anybody, you know, yeah, whatever. Those pianissimos were really quiet, you know. <laughs> that's wonderful. Well, there, there you go. That's that's all Seymour, you know. Yeah, um, amazing. Um, and and I think that the idea of let it, allowing people to come to you, you know, like yeah. I know the discussions we have with the guitar about. Well, you know, you play to the hall, and it's like I kind of, I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree, but I don't really do that. I just I feel like I, I yeah. So right. Um, it's, it's well. There's but, this you know, thing I, that happens where you feel like, you, I mean, you end up overplaying because you you feel like you know you have to fill the space. And I'm constantly reminding myself, no, just let the guitar sing, man. Just let it yeah. do its thing. It'll be okay. You know, it's a quiet instrument. That's all right. You know, but it's 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 a, it's such a strange thing because you're always fighting that. You know. Um, yeah, I don't think you have to. I think you you just said it beautifully. You know, you made me think of when I 
I was very lucky, a lot of us, to hear Julian Bream a lot. And Bream was the was the was the inspiration because you know he came every year to New York and oh, every yeah. year oh, he gosh. premiered a major new piece. Oh, I mean, and gosh. and me and uh, me and the guys we were always talking about it. Like, I remember David Tannenbaum and I were talking and he was saying the same thing of like, we heard him play World Winter Music and people were leaving. Man, oh, I, I I wasn't oh. we were hanging out at the time, but yeah. he was there too, and um, yeah, I remember people leaving and Bream says, you know, go ahead. I'm playing this. I mean, it was so, it was so inspiration. It was like, oh my God, that's, that's yeah. the, but, but when back to the dynamics, I remember him playing the lute in town yeah. hall. And I remember my ears adjusting, like your sure. ears adjust. Yeah. But it's like, first you're going, you're coming off the streets of Manhattan. You're like, what? You know, and you can't hear anything. And, and then you just, the lute becomes this huge sound, right? Because yeah. you tune in. Right. It's a, it's yeah. an interesting thing. So that, but but yeah, Seymour uh, uh, throughout my life is huge. And if you ever want to be very moved, I would say go to Netflix and see the movie that um, the documentary about him that um, huh. Ethan Hawke made called Seymour: wow. um, An Introduction. And and you'll you'll weep. It will make you really be so happy you play and love music that huh. um, it's astounding. I'm always oh, a little bit irritated because I, I was supposed I missed to that. <laughs> well, you know, it does a lot of great stuff. I know I feel yeah. that about everything, you know, uh, there's a lot of great art out there. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, that's the thing about music too. I mean, there's so many young people doing such cool music, you know, and you know, as much as I love my heroes, Aretha Franklin was, I didn't mean was possibly one of the most influential, yeah. you know, I mean, I remember hearing her as a boy and and like, it was kind of like Jimmy. It was like arresting yeah. where, where I, the, the voice just Primal. struck me. Yeah. The first thing I have in the other room, um, a 45 that I keep on the wall of, um, you know, respect, I think. And um, so all of those artists, it was such an extraordinary time to grow up. Yeah. But, I get a little irritated when, you know, I, I or I'm not irritated. I think there's so much great music now yeah. and, and people are doing, you know, like Brittany Howard. Or, yeah. The, the, the list is huge of, of yeah. great artists, you know, I mean, in, in pop and certainly in classical music, like sure. Caroline Shaw or mm -hmm. um, I'm now playing a piece by this great young guy, Thomas Flippin. Oh, yeah. Um, or to do a noir. just, he yeah, wrote yeah. this piece. That's I'm, I'm, so I'm talking killer. to them on Sunday, I believe. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I've been try, trying to get get together with them for months now, and and we finally finally fixed okay, the date. Okay, now so now I'll excited. tell you a story. Now I got to tell you a story. Excellent. That because uh, I haven't said I've been very quiet. I don't know if you noticed. Um, <laughs> uh, Makes my job easy. Oh, <laughs> uh, where? Oh, it's really a bad day when I can't, I can't, when I want stuff. I didn't foresee this. Um, <laughs> give me a sec. I have all these Anthony Newman records that I see. Uh, so I'm going to mention this. Oh, where, where are things when I need them? We can edit this. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, so I want to talk about crisis I had. Okay. So I was teaching at Yale, and 
and and um, I had this crisis about what is serious music, what is art music, and what is not art music. Okay. You know, is is rock and roll? You know, is Jimi Hendrix as great a musician as so and so? And you know, it's a very interesting because the conversation is still going on. Like, for example, sure. in this building, there's a violinist named Curtis Stewart. Curtis just played at the Grammys on Sunday, Amazing. and his record was nominated. And it's an astounding record called "Of Power." Uh, he's a total virtuoso violinist, but I've known Curtis since he was a boy because he grew up in the building, right? And there's this article saying that he is his record should not have been nominated for a Grammy because it's not really classical. And John Baptiste, same thing. Sure, sure. Uh, John Baptiste, I always call him yeah. John, um, who I absolutely adore. Um, how can you not? He, John Baptiste. So, so Curtis, there's still this article, and Curtis really wrote right. a beautiful article, you know, saying, you know, de defending it. So when I first played Hendrix, I remember people really irritated. A certain really? People, uh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I'm not look, I'm not looking for, oh my God, I was so great. <clears throat> but seriously, you know, I shouldn't play in classical. And then my high school buddy, when I was telling you about being in high school and being in bands, I was there was this great drummer named Craig Payton who whose parents taught art at the Worcester School. And sure. Craig and I became fast friends. And we had bands together. And then later, when New Age started to hit, Craig said, you know, man, we should play again. Now, by this time, I've made my debut. I've made the Bach record. I'm on. I'm a classical guitarist. And I'm trying yeah. to find my way as a classical guitarist because I started so late. You know, like Elliot right. and Manuel and Mike Pierce, they were all, like, way ahead of me. But I, <laughs> but I somehow got in through the back door. You know, like, yeah. really, like, I made the record and people heard about it and then, John Williams was so wonderful to to really help me and play with me, et cetera. But but you know, I still was clawing and, and trying to yeah. define. Now I'm teaching at Yale. Now my friend says we're gonna make new age albums. <laughs> we should do this. So I go over to his house. Okay, and but don't tell anyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now yeah. this is nineteen eighty, I don't know, eighty-nine or when was this record? Uh, and so um, I go over to his house and we start writing and I, and I was like really enjoyed it. He, he had a fair light so this is the oh first sampler right it's the first sampler so we're sure. we're able to make an album you know, of stuff with drums and he he did yeah. all this stuff the guy was brilliant he is brilliant and um, and, and meanwhile your prog rock you know I'm playing my crazy. guitar parts yeah. right I'm playing a little electric solo and I'm like I'm writing we're writing this stuff together and I'm having a ball, right? Yeah. And then it gets picked up by this record company. And now I'm going, ooh, I uh -oh. don't know. I need a pseudonym. <laughs> I don't know. And I really went through this crisis of like, wow, what oh if people find out? And, you know, because it was done thing. at his, we went over to his apartment on the east side, which I'm pointing to. And, you know, I'd go in his apartment, we could do all this and mix it. And so it came out, this is our first record called Latitude. Okay. Right? And um, so years go by and, you know, we did three records together. Probably more people heard me with Latitude than any. Right. I mean, I, I would literally would drive and hear our tunes on the radio. Yeah. We were number one on the, um, what you know, the contemporary charts for a while. Um you know, um, we, I, I remember being in an airplane and right. watching a sports thing and then hearing one of our tunes. 
So it was like, you know, well, we see, but we never toured because I Ugh. just couldn't, couldn't, couldn't do didn't it. want to do yeah. it. I mean, oh there were other gosh. reasons why we didn't tour. We were a duo and touring meant getting a band together, you know, because yeah. all these, and, and so, so it was a crisis. I, and, and, and I was Amazing. like, really had to confront like, because this is way before now. This is like crossing over and doing this kind of thing. Everybody yeah. does that, but right, you wouldn't right, think right. twice. Even though I mentioned Curtis, which is a very interesting thing. We're still wrestling with what is classical music. And sure. What is, you know what I mean? Which um, is, a, you know, a bit of another discussion. But, and that's um, a really narrow lens for that specific thing, you know, the, the, the Grammys. Uh, but I think in the, in the wider world, nobody's, nobody's really doing that the way they used to in terms of like, oh, that's not art music or that's, you know, why would you do that? Why would you, you know, you, you played Hendrix in a, in a classical guitar concert. Now people wouldn't even blink an eye, right? No, it's like, no, I mean, you know, that's like, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and, but, but still nobody was doing that or nobody, and, and same with Prince. I remember playing right. Prince um, in Chichester Cathedral and I thought, ah, Prince wow. has played a lot of places, but I bet never played here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I worship. That's fun. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really yeah. love, you know, Prince is just yeah. uh, don't even. Um, so uh, what a what a loss. But um, all of them. But anyway, so so fast forward. Now, why am I saying this? Because you're going to interview Duo Noir. So now I have this crisis, and I get over it, and life goes on, and I do the three records with Craig, and you know, we kind of reach the end of our of, of Latitude, and and um, and Latitude was working with Craig was, you know, again. I didn't realize how much he taught me until way after the fact, you know, working yeah. with him and the, his arrangements and his, his, the way he kind of would coach me through guitar solos. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's something I later, but it led me to go on and form my band Euphonia, right. which was all my own music. Mm -hmm. And, and it really helped me, it, you know, go into some towns and cities, you know, which was yeah. um, a seminal record for me, right, um, right, right. you know, and it really said, okay, I'm, I'm now really going to compose, you know, and this is, yeah. And it kind of, uh, yeah, la it's kind of launched my spirit, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, and, and nobody heard, nobody, like, the fact is, is I would go places, and, and I think only Steve and Aaron <laughs> knew about Latitude, but that's it. Nobody else. Right. So now, many years later, this kid comes into audition named Chris oh Mallet. Oh, my gosh. Chris Mallet comes into my office, and he says, oh, He's just like, you know, crazy filter then he's nervous. I mean, it's so dishes. Yeah. yeah, man. He says, I, I love latitude. Wow. <laughs> now you got it. Now here I am at Yale auditioning a young classical yeah. guitarist. Yeah. And he's telling me, he says, I love, I love latitude. My father used to play me spring training, which is on this album. Amazing. And my, oh my father loves latitude. And like, so you can imagine, you know, in the words of the great sage spiritual leader, George Costanza, um, you know, uh, when, when he said worlds colliding, I was yeah. like, my brain exploded. I was like, you know, how, how can this be? You know, yeah. and it really taught me like music is music, man. It's yeah. like what you put out there, if you put it out there with the right spirit and, and, and enthusiasm and, and sincerity and you know then and you own yeah, it authenticity yeah. it doesn't matter you know right. what i mean and yeah, so that's absolutely. that and i've always done that 
but inside there was always part of me too. Oh, you're Yale. You can't know Yale professor would, right. you know, if classical guitar would plays Bach would ever come out in latitude. You know, it's like <laughs> I would have those. And I, I remember Jim Smith, the great Jim Smith, yeah. um, you know, who was a guitar teacher at, at USC forever. And Jim and I were dear, we're good buddies. And we would get into these heated arguments about, you know, I remember us talking about Madonna. He says, you, you know, yelling at each other about art, high art, low art, no. <laughs> you know, so that's one of, so. One of the things that I, you know, it, it's, a, it's a funny thing, but I find myself saying this all the time is, you know, I, and, and it's not that I'm not serious about it, but it, it's like, calm down. It's just playing guitar. <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just exactly. relax, man. We're talking about playing guitar here. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's fine. It's fine. And and the fact of the matter is, and I think this is something that's really interesting as well when you think about these things is, you know, it, it, not recorded music, but but playing, playing music for people live. Once it's done, it's done. I did that. Okay, it's done. Like, it's... It's it's gone. So you know, calm down. I'm just playing guitar. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think Eric Dolphy said something like that. You know, music, something about the the impermanence of music. I can't remember yeah. the quote, but it's a great quote. You know, music yeah. is there and then it's not. You know, it's like it's right. over. And that's why and we I, do it, think, right? You know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No. And that's and it, I, you know? that's that's the um, chasing angels. You know. That's yeah. <laughs> I think you know all of us that you know you know because during COVID. I made a series of videos called Peace, Love, and Guitars, which yeah. I'm oh, yeah. soon, soon going to release as a kind of audio record. Um, and it was extraordinary to do. It was all, all benefits. And, you know, we raised some money, which felt great. Um, and then finally playing live for the first time a few weeks ago. Yeah. How was that? Was that weird? It was very spiritually moving. I mean, it was yeah. very, I was really nervous. And I, yeah. I had played, I remember calling up my friend Dennis Coster and saying, I got to play you the whole program, I, you know. Yeah. And I went down to his place, t t 10 blocks, played him the whole program. I played it for a, a student of mine that I teach on Zoom. Yeah. I played a couple of pieces for my students yeah. because I just felt like, oh, wow, I know. Man. Yeah, it's I, weird. You know, very weird. And, um, you know, it's like I hadn't done it. And, right. And then playing was very moving, you know, and it's back to what you said about the, you know, I'm going to use the word impermanence, you know, that you, yeah. you play and it's gone. Yeah. That's it. That yeah. never comes back. And, you know, even, <laughs> even, yeah, I mean, okay, if it's recorded, that's another, yeah. another thing. But, but, um, so yeah, I, I, I think that it re, what it did for me was a couple of things. One was, Oh yeah, I still want to do this. I, you know, yeah. no, I don't have that many more years left of playing live, but I'm not. I'm not hanging up my guns yet, as it yeah. were. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I, I still have, for some reason, something I want to say. You nice. know? And I'm not yeah. sure I could articulate what it is. Sure, sure. But like, for example, playing TJ's piece, Tom Tom Flippin's piece that he yeah. wrote for me. Um, he wrote this great piece for the Yale audition, and. I thought, man, you're playing, well, well, you know, the concert's in March. Why don't you, it's January, learn this yeah. piece. And that, that was a joy to play the world premiere, introduce these, pe these people to this piece. They all knew him now. Yeah. Uh, or to play the Buffy St. Marie, which were also world premieres. So, so it's through the rep, but even playing the Bach again, you know, my box set that I do, um, you know, so it, it taught me, yeah, I still, I still love doing this. It, it was I still loved the feeling of the audience and yeah. communicating and, 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 um, 
and the power of live music, the power yeah. of music in general. And I think, what, that, what, you know, I think, I think a lot, it's, it's, it's a great way to spend an hour and a half or two, you know, I mean, it, in, in terms of just like human beings doing things, what, what a great way to spend some time, you know, I mean, well said, yeah, you know, and, and it, well it said, just, yeah, just com comes down to that. It's like, you know, when, when else do we get to just step away, sit down, enjoy beautiful sound, do whatever that does and say, okay, well, that was nice. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really a fantastic thing, you know? And, and yeah, and, and to be inspired, you know, it was, I was, you know, we haven't spoken of, of course, of the tragedies that are going on, but it was incredible when the president, you know, Zelensky got on the Grammys and spoke the way he did. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It, it was really moving and it's chilling. And it kind of, yeah. And it kind of just to hear him speak about music and the power of music and, you know, um, I think, yeah, I think we all so often think, oh, I, you know, I'm not famous, I'm not a star, and so I don't have any, it's not true. You, you, can, yeah. you can make, move people with at whatever level you are, yeah. in our case, in the guitar, yeah. on whatever type of guitar, yeah. and it's worth, it's worth pursuing, if, you know, just Absolutely. not judging yourself yeah. and allowing yourself to be open to to uh to the experience i mean i just played for a group of friends um the other night and you know without going into any details first of all i, I was asked to play you know my friend said you should play and i didn't want it. right no no seriously it was the end of a dinner party <laughs> i had quite a lot of really great wine yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and i but it was because he was a dear friend and there were other friends there and i said oh i don't want to do this and I played, and I will tell you that it was one of the most profound. Now, there's other reasons why it was profound, but I'm not going to go into them. But it was one of the most profound experiences of my life, just playing this Bach Cerebon. And that's what we don't know. Because I was happy that I kind of said to myself, oh, just play. Right. You know, kind of what you were saying before, yeah. just play, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and don't be so... Yeah. You know, into your trip. It's, it's, it's hard. Perfect. I mean, it's hard. I don't want to I mean, do we this. Have to, we yeah, have too to great, do that like, to get to, yeah, get there to, were like, to a certain know, level. You know, we have to. We have like, to yeah, exactly. Great part, players there yeah. that were my friends. But I, 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 what happened afterwards yeah. or what during, what happened during the performance. And when I got home that night, I realized, oh, my God, if I die tomorrow, that may be yeah. one of the most wow. profound experiences in my life, which wow. was Sunday night. That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to share that with everybody. You just don't know, um, and I think you know, and I think I think that in these troubled times, you know, of that are beyond, you know, with such divisiveness, I still think just just playing your guitar at any level is is good energy to put out. Yeah, to man, me. absolutely. You know what absolutely. I mean? It's like it, it's 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 not a it's a good thing. Yeah. So that's 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 how I would like to end. Um, <laughs> You know, um, because um, um, yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta run. But uh, in a way, literally, because I'm try, trying to catch someone before they leave. But um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I uh, that's what I say. I think just playing for peace and playing, um, yeah. you know, whatever your religious or not religious or atheist, um, just it's a good energy, you know. Yeah. Playing, playing it to put out into the, like I said, to put out into the universe. So. Absolutely. That's what I think anyway, and who cares?
<laughs> I love it. And, and and I have to thank you for all of the good energy that you've put out into the universe today. Oh, and, thanks. And, thanks. And, and I, I really appreciate it. It's been so much fun talking to you, man. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I get these. I got to tell you something. Like, I get your thing. Yeah. You know, just that, and I didn't say this. You know, I get you. I get your week, and you've done so many good. You introduced me to this great guy. Oh, my God. That plays Philip Glass. Um, oh, yeah. Colin. And anyway, so and many other people that I knew, Rupert yeah. and my dear, all these great people. Yeah. And um, but so I saw your picture, and when I heard your voice, it wasn't the voice I thought it was going to be. Oh, how funny! <laughs> you know, I was you know, I was, you know I was at a place in state like, last with... weekend uh -huh. um, for for Doug James's festival. I, I went oh, down I to, love Doug James. Yeah, I went down to talk to talk about Matanya and everything, and there were some people there. It happened twice. They heard my voice and they were like, hey, that's the guitar harmony guy. And, and they're like, Carl, I love your podcast. And like they, they recognized my voice from the podcast. It was hilarious. You know, like, see, like, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I still, I'm remiss, you know, remiss to say I haven't listened to the podcast. So I, it's the first time I was like, that's not the guy I thought I was going to be. That's not, the, that's not supposed to sound like that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I, yeah. I, I want to sound funny. more like James Earl Jones, but I don't think that's happening. Oh, no, you're, you're, you're rocking it. It's just, you know, it's so funny how we, you know, I just assumed, I didn't, I can't tell you what the voice was, but it wasn't what yeah. you sound like. Now I know. <laughs> anyway, well, man. Thank you so much well, for your time. Thanks so much, man. man. It was really so much appreciate fun. appreciate it. Let's and do this again yeah. maybe in uh, 10 minutes. Let me just do this, oh. Aaron, and then I'll call you. Yeah. <laughs> Great. I get two episodes for one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> People are like. <laughs> no, I think, I think they're going to love it, Ben. It's fantastic. I really appreciate it. All right, my man. Well, thank you, man. It was a gas. And send my love to the guys when you see them, the great duo. Will do. Yeah. All right. Ciao, man. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit columbusclassicalguitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.